to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want to preach a message today uh, that I preached. Actually, I preached it one time here, and I thought it was nine years. I think it may have been 12 years ago when I preached this. And... Uh, and it's one of those messages that I have been told is one that has been, I mean, the lights are up. Wow, this looks great. I love having a full house. I'm splitting y'all down the middle of two services every Sunday. I like this. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> this is a, a message that I've been told is one of those unforgettable messages that I preached. And uh, with the children being in here today and the middle schoolers and I was praying, I just felt like this would be a good message today. I felt like the Lord said this would be good to keep their attention and also has a powerful message to it. So here's what I've entitled it. It's called the snake in the water pot. The snake in the water pot. And I have my water pot up here today to help you. There's no snake in there, so don't anybody freak out. But I, uh, I want to just read one verse and I'll, I'll come back to it in just a little bit. It's Ephesians chapter four, verse 27. And it simply reads like this. And I think I actually got it from the from another version of the New King James, which I normally use the New King James. But it reads like this, do not give place to the devil. How many know that's good advice? Don't give, don't open, don't crack the door open for the devil. You just leave him outside. You can be seated. That, that was a great time of worship. And Friday night was awesome. How many of you got to be here for worship night? That was just awesome. It just feels like this is a carryover this morning. But man, what a, it was like one of the greatest worship nights we had. And uh, it was just a great night. And then the fireworks display was second to none. I mean, man, it was, it was top notch. So anyway, and then we're here today. And I know it's a holiday weekend. Um, so because it's July 4th today and this is the July 4th weekend, uh, today's Independence Day, I just want to talk about that for a little bit and I want to use something from that to segue into this sermon. Um, you know, this is the day that we celebrate the birth of our great nation. And uh, with all the troubles and problems that we have in America, and we sure do have them, I still think this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest nation on earth. And I thank God for America. And, and I, 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 I despise, and I use that word strongly, uh, any people, whether it's educators uh, in any level or any politicians who try to teach our next generations that they should feel bad about being an American and feel bad about our history and feel bad about what we've done. Uh, I despise that. Every nation has problems because we have people. When you have people, you have problems. But this is a great nation who has, who has helped spread democracy and freedom all over this world. And I thank God for America. And, 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 and from a biblical point of view and a spiritual minister point of view, th this nation has sent out more missionaries and we have done more work and built more orphanages and churches in other lands and other places. Thank God for America. And so I thank God for this nation. And it took a war to free America from the tyrannical reign of Britain and King George. And I want to talk for just a minute about a South Carolinian who was part of that effort. And his name was Christopher Gadsden. Christopher Gadsden aided the cause. He was a Marine in the Continental Navy. But more than that, he created a flag that was used. He created in 1775 a flag that was actually used during the American Revolution, and it's called the Gadsden flag, and you've seen this. Here's a picture of it. Anybody ever seen that picture before? 
And that picture comes from the American Revolution. And it's a, it's a, that is a timber uh, uh, rattlesnake. And, uh, it, and it's coiled up on a yellow field on the grass. It's ready to strike. And it has the words, don't tread on me. And, and what Christopher Gadsden was trying to portray in that is that was a statement to King George and to Great Britain is that don't stomp on us. You're, you're stomping on this colony and you're suppressing us and taking away the freedoms. Don't stomp on us. If you do, we'll strike back. That's what that flag meant. Well, they stomped and we struck. And, uh, and through the, the, the American Revolution, we freed ourselves from that tyranny and created the United States of America. And so that's just a little history there to connect us. Well, that, that snake on that flag reminds me of an episode I had with a snake, an encounter with a snake. Like I said, I think it was 12 years ago now that I get my, my, my dates right. And here's the story. Uh, I had just finished fishing with some men from our church. We had gotten up very, very early in the morning and fished, and we were back at Portman Marina. I remember it distinctly. I was still sitting on the boat when my phone rang, and it was Leah with great emotion in her voice. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, "You got? are you coming home? I said, yes. She said, you need to get here. I said, why? She said, there's a snake in my water pot. I said, What? She said, there is a snake in my water pot. You got to get home. And sure enough, when we lived at that time, it's, it, it's a different house we lived at. There, we had a deck and they had, whoever had it before, had built in, you know, the railing around and they had built in seats. And so Leah would keep a green water pot. Now, I think that water pot eventually broke and we had to throw it away, but this one's very similar. But she kept this green water pot right there on the seat. And somehow this black snake had crawled up on that railing back there and she didn't know it and, and decided to make himself at home in her water pot. Now, let me just share some things today and I'm gonna go quickly and we'll get you out of here. But Leah had purchased that water pot. Uh, I buy a lot of things at the house, but I, I don't know that I've ever bought a water pot. That's, she went and bought the water pot. So she bought it, it cost her money. You know, she made, took the time and the effort, she purchased it. And she bought it for a purpose. She got it because Leah loves ferns. How many fern ladies do we have out here? Y'all love ferns. Okay, I hate those things because they just shed everywhere. Men hate them because we got to clean up after them. And, but she would get these beautiful ferns on the back deck and it was gorgeous. And so she would water those ferns to keep them alive. And so she cost her money and it served his purpose. Now, the reason I said that is because I'm not up here just to tell a story. I'm a preacher and preachers make spiritual truths. And for the sake of this message today, what I want to do is I want that water pot to symbolize the child of God. If you're saved, it symbolizes you, the person who's been born again. So think about it. If you're saved, you're born again, Jesus has washed your sins away, then you have been purchased by Jesus. How many of you know you weren't purchased for free? It costs God something to buy you out of sin. It was the currency of Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. 
You were a slave in the slave market of sin, but Jesus paid the price to redeem you and bring you out of sin so that you could be free. So the Bible says you're God's property. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, don't you know that you, you are not your own? You've been bought with a price, so you belong to Jesus. Uh, let's do a little participation. Look at somebody real quick and say, you belong to Jesus if you're saved. If you're saved, you belong to Jesus. All right, the second thing is, once God saves you, then you have a purpose in this life, okay? You're, you're, you're saved not just to miss hell and go to heaven, but you're saved to serve the king. You're saved to, to be a vessel of honor, made holy, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Two fundamental things we do. One, God uses us to minister the needs of other people. That's what we do as ch children of God. We do it in the church. We do it out of the church. The second is that we can tell the gospel and share the good news and, and look at people and say, hey, I used to be just like you, but one day I heard the story of Jesus, how he came to this earth, died on a cross in my place. They put him in a tomb. Three days later, he came out and he lives to save. And if you just ask him to forgive you, you're saved by grace through faith. You just, it's a gift and you just got to believe and God will take all your sins away and change your life. Somebody said that, Telling someone the gospel is like one beggar telling another beggar where they can find bread. So that's, that's us. We've been bought with a price, we've been redeemed, and we have purpose in life. We have a reason to live. Until we die, we gotta help people, and we gotta share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the water pot, and I brought this one today, has a relatively small opening at the top. Do y'all see that? Okay, and that, that opening right there serves a purpose. It has one purpose, and the, and, the, and the purpose is so you can put water in the can. Water in the water pot. That's the point. You put it under, the, 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 put the hose in there, or the faucet, and you, you fill it up, and then you can use it. And Leo will tell you, we never covered up that hole to keep things out because we never really thought anything would get in it. I mean, up to that point, her worst problem were leaves. Because the house I used to live at had, it felt like 4,000 oak trees with four, 40 trillion leaves that fell every year. And I'm so glad at my house now, I don't have to deal with that. But those leaves, so she would, and that was the thing, sometimes she'd just stick her hand down there. Get the leaves out, you know? And so that was what makes this whole sermon so interesting, this story, is because that's what she was about to do that day. And she just happened to look down, and those beady little eyes were looking up at her. We never saw that, that hole in the top of the water pot as an access point for anything other than water. And so I want to say to you today, that opening represents potential access points for the devil and for sin. See, your life is multifaceted. I mean, we, get, we, we, we make money, we spend money, you have your career, education, relationships, recreation, marriage, family, hobbies, dating, extracurricular activities, and there is nothing inherently wrong with any of these things. They serve good purposes and useful purposes. But let me just come here today and remind you that good things can become bad things in your life when they violate God's law and are substituted for God. So what is an access point for good can become an access point for evil and strongholds and addictions and the devil and sin. So like take for example money. Money is good. There's nothing wrong with money. And the pursuit of money is good. Make all you can. Okay? Make all you can. Just pay your tithes. Does that sound like a preacher or what? Thought I'd throw that in there. 
Okay, but seriously, make all the money you can. Nothing wrong with that. But the Bible says the love of money. People I say, money is the root of all evil. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says what? Y'all say it with me. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it can lead to greed and idolatry. So that can become an access point where instead of just pursuing money for the right reasons, all of a sudden you're pursuing money because you've made it an idol in your life. So you know the snake is in your water pot when you used to attend church regularly, but now you're consumed with other things. You know the snake is in your water pot when you used to read your Bible daily and you used to spend time in prayer, but now you're consumed with other things. You know the snake is in your water pot when you used to volunteer at the church and you used to lead your family in spiritual matters, but now other things have taken the place of God and the things of God. And here's the problem, you don't cover up the access point. And you do it for the same reason that we never covered up the hole in that pot. We never thought anything bad would get in. So let the man of God help you today. Everybody in this room, including the guy holding the microphone, everyone here has potential weak areas in their life. Some of us have established weak areas in our lives. Everyone in this room has a propensity for things that are not good. Everyone in this room has a proclivity. And you say, what is a proclivity? It's a strong, inherent inclination towards something objectionable. Everybody in this room has it, and everybody's is different. But let me tell you something. The devil knows that proclivity. The devil knows that propensity. The devil knows your weakest link, and he will tempt you in order to gain interest at that access point in your life. So listen, brothers and sisters, you must recognize these areas and protect yourself so nothing or no one gets access to your life. That's why I use that verse, don't give place to the devil. Don't open the door of opportunity for him and don't open the door of opportunity for anything that's evil or that, that will cause you to sin. This is what Jesus meant in Matthew 5, 29 and 30. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. And then he went on to say, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. Now, please, don't anybody in this room take that literally. I've heard stories where people have actually done that. Don't do that. It's hyperbole. It's a metaphor. It's symbolism. Jesus never advocated self-mutilation. Makes my hand hurt just talking about it. Okay? It's a symbol that says if there's anything in your life that you're looking at, Jesus uses extremism to make his point. Cut that off and get that out of your life. Don't cut your eye, pluck your eye out. Cut that off. Don't look at it anymore. If you're involved with things that will cause you to sin, cut that out. There, there are some people you need to break up with. There are some people you need to say, we're not hanging out with anymore. You just need to tell them, we're not hanging out anymore. You need to be careful. Bad company corrupts character. Exercise self-control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Deny yourself anything or anybody that is bad who would desire access to your life. I, I thought about this. We're, we're working with a ministry to help people in, with drug addictions to try to get out of those drug addictions. It's one of the toughest things, one of the toughest battles. And I have noticed something lately, and it's, I've seen it, I've watched it. I've seen it happen. I know the stories. I'm thinking about people right now, and it breaks my heart, and it makes me mad against the devil. It is amazing, particularly people with addictions, particularly drug addictions, that they will get clean or they'll get free, and they want to be free. They want to live for God. They want to serve God, and it is amazing how the devil, and I'm going to blame the devil, the devil will get a puppet, a drug dealer, somebody with drugs, and put them 
in their life, it can be a casual encounter. They'll give it to them. They won't even sell it to them. They'll, who gives people drugs? Well, they give it to them to get them hooked again so they have to start paying it. And that's a word. And I've seen it happen time and time. And it's like, how did they know? But they just, it's like they can see them. They can see that that person right there is a drug addict. And it's like the devil, see, that's their proclivity. That's their weak area. And the devil knows and he goes over and then he just tears them back because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what he wants to do. I've seen ladies go into rehab and they're trying to get clean and their boyfriend will come pick them up in the middle of the night and get them in a car and take them off before they get through with the program and get clean. And that boyfriend is a puppet of the devil. I'm just telling you today, you've got to make sure that the wrong people and the wrong things don't get access to your life. Well, the snake made its way into that water pot through that small hole and once inside, the snake's presence made the water pot useless. First of all, Leo was afraid to use it. I had to get a black snake out of Jaren's house not too long ago, and that thing was hissing at me like crazy. I can imagine what would happen if she'd have tried to get that snake. She was afraid. And the second is reason is if she had tried to use it, I mean, imagine this thing with a snake in it, and then you're over there trying to put water in it and water the ferns. Right? First of all, it's not going to hardly work because the snake's in the way. And second of all, you're worried the whole time that thing's going to come out and wrap around your arm. So the point is that this is true in the same way when sin gains access to your life and takes hold. When you let the wrong people and the wrong things get into your life, when you get patterns of sin and habits of sin and practices of sin, then here's what happens. God can't use you because the sin disqualifies you because you'll do more harm than good. And the second thing is, if you try to serve in ministry or witness, the problem is the sin gets in the way. That's good preaching right there. That's kind of put you under conviction right there. That's kind of make you get to the fork in the road and say, uh-oh, I, I, I got to do something about this. That's the kind of preaching we need. So there was only one solution. The snake had to go. So I got home and I... I walked, Leah, we had this glass door and Leah's on this side looking out. She wouldn't even go out there. I said, where is it? And the, and the water pot was on the other side. She said, right there. Well, I went over and looked. She said, you see it? I said, I think. So I walked outside and I walked around there and boy, there he was, little beady eyes looking up at me. She said, what are you gonna do? I said, we're gonna take care of it. So I went and I found a little board and I put it over the hole and I took the watering pot down in the woods and deep in the woods. And so I just turned it over like this and started shaking. He wouldn't come out. I said, no, wait a minute, this is weird. So I got a stick. So I'm holding it like this and I got a stick and I get his body and I try to pry him out. And I'm talking about big old body. I thought, what kind of snake is? So I'm prying it. He, he, I get him part way out, and then he, he was so strong, he just sucked himself right back in. I thought, good gracious. And I kept working, and I kept working with it, and kept prying on it, and finally, after a lot of effort, I finally got its head, and I laid it down like this, and it came out, it was a four foot long black snake. Four feet wrapped up in this, coiled up in this. 
And he, he slithered down in the woods and went on his way. And I said, don't come back. And y'all know that's how sin does. It gets in your life and you think it's small. It's a small sin. It's an insignificant and harmless sin. You've got it under control. You know what people say all the time? If, if you, there are people, especially Southern people, some Southern people, they almost cultish about black snakes. They're kind of funny about them. I mean, it's weird. They get mad. Like if you kill a black snake, they get mad at you. I'm like, you need to get away from me. Because a good snake is a dead snake, okay? Get away from it. You know, how many of you been, how many of you all in this Pentecostal church, you tell somebody you go to Pentecostal church, they say, y'all handle snakes? So I say, no, we shoot them. That's what I tell them. We don't handle them. We shoot them. Shoot them, Junior. Shoot them. Don't let them get in the boat, you know. But here's the reality. Oh, and this is what I want to say. So, so you say, there are people right now, me telling them, ah, pe- ah preacher, because that's what y'all call preacher. Come on, preacher, it's just a black snake. It won't hurt you. Just a black snake. Should have picked it up. I'd have picked it up. Well, good for you. <laughs> you pick them up, I ratchet the 12 gauge. <laughs> you handle it your way, I handle it mine. Just a black snake, it won't hurt you. You know, that's what we do with sin. It's just a little sin. It won't hurt me. We make excuses. You let it go. Let it go. It'll. And then we let it go, and we keep letting it go, and we let it go, and it gets bigger, and we, and we don't realize it's strong. And the longer you leave it in there, you think you got it. Let me tell you something. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you're willing to pay. Yep. So think about this. If I could have stopped the snake as it entered the pot, it would have been easier to get it out. And that's true for sin. When you sin, when you fail, when you mess up, that's why I've preached to you for years and I will keep preaching as long as I lead this church. Keep short accounts with God. Repent of it right then. Ask God to forgive you. Put it under the blood and get that sin out. Because when you allow it to stay, when you allow it, put it this way, the longer you tolerate it, the more you allow it to entwine itself into your lifestyle and the more settled it becomes in your heart and in your life, the harder it is to repent of it. So if you have sin in your life, there's only one solution. Just like the snake, the sin has to go. Just like the snake has to go, the sin. You got to get the snake out of your water pot. And you do that by repenting. And you do that by confessing it. And you do that by asking God to forgive you. And you do that by asking God to wash you and cleanse you. And God takes the snake out of the water pot. God removes our sin so that he can use us and we can be a vessel for him. I... I'm about to finish. I hope the kids are doing all right. They're not bothering me. Several people, the first time I told this story, several people said to me, Pastor, <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. Why didn't you just take that thing down in the woods and leave it there? There are more water pots at Lowe's. No true value up there. Just go get you another one. You know what I told them? I said, because it was my water pot. 
I did. Leah even said, why don't you leave it? I said, "Uh uh-uh, that's my water pot. The snake can't have my water pot. I'm willing to fight to get the snake out of my water pot. We need this water pot so you can do those ferns so we can have more stuff all over the back deck. And that's the answer. I could have left that thing down there and eventually he'd have got, no. I said, you coming out. And let me tell you today, that's a picture of God. When you're in sin and you do wrong, God can strap, zap you dead right then and throw you straight into hell and that's the end of you. But the Bible says he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He patiently puts up with us. He endures with us. He convicts us. He woos us. He sticks a stick in there and works on that and convicts you and tries to pry it and get it out. He works on you to try to get you to see the error of your ways and to let that thing go. And he does it because he loves you and because he knows you have a greater purpose than to walk around with sin in your life. You have a greater purpose to live for him and serve him and do great great things for God. Anytime you lead one person to Jesus, that's the greatest accomplishment in your life. I want you to stand with me this morning. So there you go. The snake in the water pot. I want to ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes and think about the Lord and think about themselves. The musicians are coming and they're going to start to play softly. And just what I want to ask is here on July 4th, on Independence Day, are you free or not? Are you free or not? I was walking my two miles and praying earlier this morning in my neighborhood and I was talking about praying to the Lord about freedom and I, I remember that scripture. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Paul was talking about Judaism and religiosity and this religion that was a total, this took them away from God and Jesus. But it could apply to anything. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And two, 240 something years ago, y'all, Our forefathers fought and died so they could set us free from tyranny. They set us free so that we could have freedoms in this land. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, the right to keep and bear arms, and all those other freedoms that we we talk about. Those freedoms that we cherish so much. And listen, Jesus shed his blood 2,000 years ago so not so you could tolerate some sin in your life that keeps you in turmoil and binds you up and destroys your spiritual life and you can't ever enjoy life. He he gave his blood and died to set you totally free from sin and so that you could walk in wholeness and freedom in life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask a straightforward question. It's straightforward, I'm not playing around. Is there anybody in this church today that say, Pastor Chris, you have shared the gospel by telling this anecdotal story, this event that happened to you and God told you to do it, I'm here today and God set me up and God's dealing with me right now. I want to get saved. I want to get saved today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand, hold it up high for me, raise it up high. I want to get saved. Anybody in this house, raise it high so I can see it. Anybody in this house? I'm looking. Anybody? Now, you may be here today, and you're backslidden. You used to serve God, but you've gotten away from the Lord. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. 
but I'm going to say this to you. You got a snake in your water pot. And the bad thing is, God took the snake out one time before and you let the snake back in. But the same God that took it out the first time can take it out again. And he loves you that much. And so I encourage you today to repent of that sin and come home. Come home. And this is a great story for you to use, church, in witnessing. You can say, let me tell you a story my pastor told recently. Be a great illustration to share his story. So I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you today for this opportunity to preach this message, to preach the gospel, to preach the word. I know people are watching online right now. People will review this and watch it later. I love to see people come to Christ. Nobody raise their hand to be saved, but that doesn't mean somebody may not get saved. We've seen that happen lots. Sometimes people just don't feel comfortable raising their hand. But Lord, if there's somebody in this house today that's not saved, I'm hoping that right now, right now, that they'll start praying with me, but they'll be saying, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me and come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Take my sins away, Jesus. That's all you have to pray. It doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. You just have to have faith and trust that God will do it on, on the fact of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And then just accept the gift. You don't have to work for it. Just receive it. It's like me handing you a, a check for $1,000. You just take it. You just take it. I'll just take the gift. So God, I pray right now you'll save, you'll restore, and you'll help all of us to keep sin out. God, there are so many things in this world that will try to get a hold of us. And if there's anybody here that thinks that's not true, they're living in a pipe dream. All of us have had to deal with our own battles. All of us have, God. And yet your grace and the power of your blood delivers us and sets us free. Hallelujah. Once the snake's out, it's gone. And we're a vessel you can use again. Holy, useful. I just thank you so much for your liberating power. And now, Lord, as we leave this house today, I pray you'll help us to go in the power of the Holy Spirit and be witnesses and share Jesus and share the gospel and help pursue and fulfill the Great Commission and make disciples of Jesus one person at a time. And I pray you'll bless every person in this house. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.